This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Isn't the point of traveling to get away from it all? To feel the best you've ever felt? Then maybe you should check out Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. When your trip comes to an end, you won't need another vacation because you just had the vacation. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Peak Northwest, an outdoors and travel podcast by The Oregonian and Oregon Live, dedicated to the adventure and exploration of our beautiful Pacific Northwest. I'm Jamie Hale. And I'm Jim Ryan. And together we take you to some of the most beautiful and interesting destinations in the region, discussing where to go, what to do, and places to see. And today, Jamie, I want to start off with a question for you. While you're out on the trail, do you ever think like, man, these rocks are set up just as perfect steps or it's amazing how (laughs) smooth this trail is? You know, I do, Jim. I I think about that all the time about just how like perfect a trail looks and just how how nice of a transition it is. There's nice switchbacks. Mm -hmm. And I always I'm always so curious about like, what is the process that it takes to make this trail feel so seamless? And I'm I'm sure it involves just like a whole lot of work that I am not privy to, but it just sounds like so interesting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, so news flashed all the hikers out there. Those rocks are not piled in perfect steps on their own, at least <laughs> some of the time, you know, that trail didn't just uh, magically uh, appear through the forest smooth with great switchbacks uh, that are perfect pacing for the day hiker. Folks are out there maintaining those trails, building those trails and Today with us on the show, we have two folks from the nonprofit Trail Keepers of Oregon, which is dedicated to preserving and improving the hiking experience in Oregon. Amariah Jean Baptiste and Susan Shen. How are you folks doing today? Hi, we're doing good. Feeling great. Love it. Thanks so much for being here. I admittedly have not been part of the trail work process before, and I'm curious to learn a little bit more about Trail Keepers of Oregon. So to start things off, what is Trail Keepers of Oregon? Trail Keepers of Oregon is a nonprofit. Um, we've been around for about 12 years, and our mission is to protect and enhance the Oregon hiking experience, like you were saying, um, through stewardship, advocacy, outreach, and education. Our bread and butter is leading volunteers doing trail work in the field, but uh, we do a lot of things behind the scenes, uh, advocating for trails, um, and then teaching people about trails and about um, how to responsibly act and safely act in the outdoors. I, I feel like trail work is one of these things that's just so, so important. Um, and something that, you know, as as people are hiking more these days, that is just an increasingly important part of maintaining these natural spaces. But can you tell us a little bit, a little bit more about why the trail work is so important, especially in the springtime? How we're kind of coming out of that rainy season right now. Uh, sure. Um, yeah, uh, here in Oregon, especially in our in our 
mountain ranges. Uh, the winters are, are really hard on our trails. Uh, we get snow. We get a lot of rain. Um, a lot of our trails in areas like the Columbia River Gorge are basically built on giant piles of rocks. And um, those can get loosened during the winter months from the cold and the cold cycles and or uh, lots of rainfall. And so um, that impacts the trails. It makes them muddy. Uh, it brings rocks down off them. Trees fall down. And so there's a lot of, um, especially springtime maintenance to um, clear those trails and get them ready for the busy summer season. Yeah, I know we've seen some of those big landslides in the Columbia River Gorge, especially um, the Eagle Creek Trail when it reopened, um, you know, obviously closed down again shortly thereafter. Places like that where we see lots of landslides and rock slides, um, down trees. It seems like there's just like any number of you know, issues on a trail that need to be resolved before it's open safe again to the public. Yeah. And it's not just a matter of safety, but also of um, accessibility. Um, you know, there's people out there hiking of various skill levels and experience. And just because there isn't a log or a landslide down across a trail uh, doesn't mean a trail can be difficult for someone. Um, it could be extra steep. The brush and brambles could be growing out across it water that's could be flowing on the trail and making big puddles that are hard to navigate. So there's a lot of uh, basic maintenance that goes into maintaining trails each year outside of the kind of catastrophic tree falling across or landslides that we think of. That's a great point. And one of the main marching orders uh, of Trail Keepers of Oregon is to get folks involved in doing that maintenance. So whether it's after a landslide, after a rock slide, or just after the rainy season or making a trail better and more accessible to folks. Uh, how do people get involved with this kind of trail work? There are definitely a lot of different options that people have when they want to get involved with TKO. Um, they're not just limited to the trail party kind of setup. Um, I know it's like a common thing that people think is that all we do is trail parties, uh, but we also do uh, on-trail ambassadors. Uh, they're a team of people that sit at the head of trails and they make people aware of leave no trace laws, um, provide information about the trail systems that people are actually hiking on too while people are working on the trails. So there are little ways for people to get involved by doing things like that if they feel like they don't have the capacity to work on the trail themselves. Um, and then there's also donating to make it easier for us to get the things that we need to repair the trails that you guys walk on. I'm curious, Amariah, I mean, do you feel like that you have uh, sort of a shortage of volunteers at times? Or is it one of these situations where there's so many people who want to help out, you just can't find something for everyone to do? Um, I think that there are a lot of volunteers. I think that we're right now in the phase where we're trying to diversify that volunteer base so that we can get a lot of different volunteers um, from all places throughout Oregon. Um, so yeah, I think that that's, I think we do have a quite a bit of volunteers that are definitely ready and chomping at the bits when it comes to doing trail work. But I would love to see that number increased as always. And I would love to see that, that audience of people kind of diversified as well. What does that trail work look like in sort of the, the COVID-19 era? I mean, has the pandemic um, complicated issues when it comes to working on trails or doing anything that you, you do out there? Yeah, for, a, for a, a long time in the in the beginning of the pandemic, as things were really locked down, um, we, we weren't holding group trail parties at all. Um, our efforts on the ground were pretty much limited to people going out and scouting the trails, which is kind of like looking, hiking the trails, looking for issues and documenting them so that when we can get back out on the trails or could get out on the trails, 
Um, we knew what was waiting for us and where the work was. As time has passed, as people have become more comfortable and um, familiar with dealing with uh, COVID restrictions in public gatherings and knowing how to wear masks and things like that, uh, we've gradually opened ourselves up to doing trail work with small numbers of individuals and um, maintaining spacing between people, wearing masks if you have to be closer together than a certain distance, and uh, you know, not sharing tools, wiping tools down between people using them. Um, we've made a lot of accommodations to make it so we can do trail work during the pandemic era. Yeah, and to add to that, we've definitely had to add a lot of virtual events too to keep our volunteers in the know of things that are going on. So we've definitely shifted a lot to doing things on Instagram and social media platforms to keep everybody engaged during kind of the hard COVID time of no volunteer work. Yeah, I mean, in quote unquote normal times, right, uh, the four of us would be huddled around a a small table. Uh, You know, we'd be in the Oregonian's studio. And uh, now we're all uh, doing this virtually. So just is the way of the world at the moment. So if you wanted to get involved as a volunteer to go help maintain a trail, what kind of qualifications and things do you need to have to do that? Uh, Great question. Um, We try and make our trail parties. We don't even call them work parties. We call them trail parties um, because our priorities are safety, then fun, then doing service. And we want to make it so that anybody without any experience can come and join us, learn how to do the work and have a good and rewarding time. Uh, You do need to have proper clothing. So protective clothing. So, a sturdy pair of hiking boots, long pants and long sleeve shirt, but that, and then be able to have, you know, a bag or a pack of some kind to bring your lunch with you. Uh, that's for our, our day long trail parties, but we provide hard hats. We provide gloves, safety glasses, all of those things and all the tools so that um, you really don't have to have any experience to, to join a trail party. We teach everybody, everything you need to know to do the work. Our crew leaders are really excellent instructors. We have a thorough safety talk at the beginning of the trail party that explains what all the tools are and and how they're used, uh, how they're carried safely, how they're stored safely. Um, So we really try and do our best to make it so that a person with no experience can have a great first time uh, doing trail stewardship. And and if you would walk me through kind of what you folks are doing once you get on the trail out there and you're at one of these parties, uh, what are examples of the kind of work you're physically doing to improve that trail and that access for folks? Uh, sure. Yeah. So uh, usually the, the trail party starts at the trailhead. Um, we'll have our safety talk so that everybody knows how to be safe on the trail. Uh, we have a first aid kit with us. We designate situation managers in case there's an emergency, make sure everybody knows and feels safe. Uh, We have our safety talk preamble that includes a land acknowledgement for the indigenous people who are stewards of the land before us, as well as an inclusivity statement and a tough caring contract to make sure people feel uh, emotionally safe as well as physically safe. And then we start hiking up the trail with our tools and we'll come to the work site and the crew leader will explain what the work is. And there are a number of things that go into trail work. One of the main things in the spring, aside from kind of the, the fallen logs and the, the landslides are, are brushing, clearing the, the trail corridor or like the tunnel through the woods as you would, as you will, um, to make sure there aren't branches and brush sticking out into the trail to block people uh, from walking. 
And so we usually use loppers and pruning saws uh, for that effort. And then there's the matter of keeping the trail surface itself in good shape. Um, so that's removing um, organic material that may have sloughed onto the trail from the uphill side or a berm that's building up at the edge of the trail that might trap water on it and promote erosion or muddy conditions. Um, so that's kind of the basic maintenance. And then there's more significant projects like um, perhaps building a turnpike, which is a, a raised section of trail to get above a muddy area or constructing uh, wooden steps or bridges. We do also dry fit rock work for retaining walls and steps. And then we have an entire team uh, and saw training program for uh, clearing logs with both hand cost cut saws and chainsaws. Well, I feel like just that, that little description you just gave just shows the breadth of how much work goes into maintaining and working on trails and building trails. I mean, there's so much involved there and it's amazing that you all are, are, are able to do so much with volunteer force, with um, regular people coming out just for the love of it. Um, I am curious though, you know, for, for folks who, who can't volunteer to do trail work itself for whatever reason, um, are there other ways to help, other ways to give back? Yeah, definitely. Um, to kind of expand upon what I mentioned earlier, um, the on-trail ambassadors program is a really great program that doesn't really require any physical trail work. Um, that's a program that's more dedicated to volunteers that like to stay at the head of the trail. Um, they inform people of like leave no trace things, give people information about the hiking trails that they're on so that they can enjoy their experience better. Um, so that's kind of something that a lot of people can gravitate towards if they feel as though they can't handle uh, the physical aspects of doing trail work or if they just don't want to do trail work. I'm one of those people that <laughs> prefers just do some light brushing myself. So I totally understand that. Um, so I think that the Trail Ambassadors Program is a really great way uh, for people that might not feel like they can get involved to still be able to get involved. Um, there's also a lot of things we're doing on social media that are ways that people can get involved. We do a lot of webinars. Uh, that was something we did a lot during the first kind of era of COVID. Uh, but webinars and educational information, we spread a lot of that on our social media platforms and through newsletters as well. So that's something they can sign up for to get the information of being a trail keeper without actually having to physically participate in it. Um, yeah. We also have a... Um trailized reporting form on our website where if you see a condition on the trail while you're hiking, you can report it to us. And even if you don't feel like you can participate in the effort to uh, repair it or fix it, um, you can participate by informing uh, us and we can pass that on to the land managers and get some of those things corrected. Yeah. And that's also in the link in the bio of both of our social media platforms too. Very good. Well, folks, we are going to take a short break, but then we're going to come back and talk a little bit more with Amariah and Susan about how to get involved with Trail Keepers of Oregon. All right, folks, we are back with Amariah and Susan of the nonprofit organization Trail Keepers of Oregon. And folks, in addition to kind of the work you've already described here, um, let's pause for, for a moment on how folks can physically connect with you. So are they, they typing in, um, some information online? Are they giving you a call? Are they hitting you up via social media? Um, what should folks do if they want to get in touch? 
Yeah. Um, so there are definitely a lot of various ways for people to get in touch with us. I think it also definitely depends on what they want to get in touch about. Um, if they want to get in touch about doing a trail party, all of our trail events are actually listed on of our on our website. Um, but they're more than welcome to contact us directly on social media if they have any questions. Um, I'm always on top of monitoring when we get messages, whether it be about a scouting log down somebody saw on a hike or whether it just be, hey, is this trail party still happening on Thursday? Uh, so we're pretty quick about answering our social medias if you guys want to reach out there. Um, and our staff also does have all individual emails too. So we are pretty open about um, people contacting us directly or people contacting crew leaders that are running the events to have, if they have specific questions about events. Um, all of the crew leader information is usually located in the event information, um, whether that be Facebook or Eventbrite, wherever the event can be found, the crew leader information will definitely be in that bio. Uh, so they can always reach out to the crew leader if they have direct questions about the trail party. And all of those tools can be found on our website at trailkeepersoforegon.org, including um, the trail eyes reporting form and all the um, contact links for sending us an email. Excellent. So we've talked a lot about the trail stewardship and the work and the volunteerism. Trail Keepers of Oregon, though, also runs a very popular resource called Oregon Hikers, and that has a field guide that, that shows all different kinds of hikes you can take around the region. It's a repository for trip reports uh, where folks can submit uh, kind of what it sounds like, reports about the trips that they've taken. Um, walk us through a little bit of what Oregon Hikers is and how folks can use it. Yeah, Oregon Hikers is a, is a resource for hikers in Oregon. Um, it's a way to find trails, to learn about the trails, uh, get directions on the trails, and um, it's primarily run by volunteers. Uh, it's a really great resource. The trail descriptions have uh, a lovely narrative description of the experience of hiking that trail, as well as uh, directions to find the trailhead, um, photos from the trail, and um, usually there's a, a map track to show the path on a map. So that's very helpful for people to uh, kind of get an idea of what the navigation is going to be like. You can also filter your results, too, which I found to be really helpful. I heard about Oregon hikers prior to me working at TKO, um, and I really loved their beginner hikers list that they've compiled on there. Um, it was a really helpful resource for me when I was kind of just just learning about hiking since I moved here from Florida. And I think, yeah, so I think that the... The filtering tool is something that a lot of people don't even realize that you can use. Like you can filter by the scenery that you'd see on the trail. You can filter on if it's a beginner hike. Um, so there's a lot of things on there that a lot of people, I think, don't even know that they can utilize. to And I just, uh, I personally just put my first trip report on there um, just this past uh, couple months ago uh, for the, the crater loop on Larch Mountain. And uh, it's actually really cool because uh, there's such a community in OregonHikers.org that when you post photos and your experience, uh, people will comment on it and be like, ooh, I never saw that before. Uh, did you read this about it or that about it? And they'll point you to more resources and things. So there's a lot of knowledgeable people um, responding to trip reports and in the forums on the site. I, I would just like to add sort of like a personal endorsement for Oregon Hikers. It's something that I, I use ex just all the time when I'm you know doing my job out hiking. It's such a great resource for finding some of these um, lesser known hikes or just like really detailed information about hikes that maybe you know about already. Um, you know, so I, what I like too about it is that it, it's often so timely, so up to date. 
So you can find, you know, um, you're not reading, you know, a, a book that's talking about a, a hike from 10, 20 years ago. You're reading someone's trip report about it from, you know, maybe this year or maybe a year prior, even a couple of years, you know, prior, but it's always usually pretty up-to-date information, which is extremely useful to have when you're wanting to know, you know, like what is the access for this trailhead? Um, do I have to hike an extra five miles to get there because uh, the logging road was closed or, you know, what does this area look like now? So it's just a great resource, I think, for anyone, beginner hikers, experienced hikers, um, looking for more detailed information about where they're going, which as we've mentioned in previous episodes, more information is always good to have before going out there hiking. Definitely. Absolutely. Planning is one of the keys to a, a pleasant and safe experience. Yeah. And, and folks too, to put a little bit of a finer point on it, um, you know, maybe you can say, well, geez, uh, I live in Portland. I've got half a day today. I want to go on a hike in Forest Park. That's kind of maybe an easy place for me to go. Well, maybe you don't just want to show up at a trailhead and just kind of hike in a direction and turn around the way you came. You can go in there and take a, a, a gander at, you know, any number of hikes, several hikes at the least throughout Forest Park that are of different distances, different elevation gains, uh, start at different areas. It's a good way to kind of brainstorm uh, what it is you want to do for the day. But Jim, I just went on to Google here and I just Googled uh, Forest Park, Oregon hikers. And immediately what pops up is a list of um, Portland and Willamette Valley hikes that is organized by area. And you can see Forest Park and it shows you difficulty Easy, moderate, difficult, distance, elevation change, notes, and each one is a link to detailed information about that specific hike, about whether it's family friendly, um, what seasons you can do it in, elevation gain, all of that stuff. Um, so again, this, this information is really easy to find and, you know, it is just a great public resource for anyone who's looking to go out hiking, um, in Oregon or Washington or, or just around the Northwest in general. Well, folks, we really appreciate all the good information about Trail Keepers of Oregon and your popular Oregon hikers resource. We very much appreciate you coming on the show today. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for having us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Jim, I, I feel like this really does help shed some light on the work that trail workers do out there. Um, again, it's one of these things that like, it, it's work that is designed to be invisible. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you don't want to go out there and feel like you can see all behind the, behind the curtain, behind the scenes. So it's something that's really easily overlooked, I feel like. But I love these volunteer trail parties as a way to kind of learn about the work that does go into some of our favorite trails and to be able to appreciate all that goes into allowing us to have access into these natural spaces. Yeah. I mean, Jamie, your favorite trails are your favorites for a reason, right? They might go to a beautiful place. They might be, you know, perfectly steep or not steep, but none of that really matters if you are fighting through brush, you're, mm -hmm. you know, scrambling over boulders uh, when you're out there trying to have a more uh, quote unquote, typical hiking experience. And, uh, the folks at Trail Keepers of Oregon and other trail stewardship organizations are doing a lot of work to make sure our favorite trails stay that way. And this is continual work that just needs to be done all the time. I mean, this, as we said earlier in the show, you have washouts, you have rock slides, uh, down trees. There's always stuff that needs to be done in 
natural landscapes that are moving and changing constantly. So, I mean, this is not something you build a trail and you, you know, you wipe your hands and you're done with it. This is something that needs to constantly be, be honed and fixed and gone back to every season. Yeah, especially in landscapes where we're getting a lot of rain. Maybe we're getting a lot of snow in certain areas. You know, in addition to precipitation, we're getting heavy winds. You know, you name it. The Pacific Northwest is probably not kind to its trails in the sense that, you know, we do get some pretty harsh weather rolling through. And someone has to do that work to make sure those trails remain accessible. So it's just another reminder that, hey, folks are out there making this experience possible for us. And, you know, maybe we should uh, collectively consider getting involved uh, to, to help out those efforts. That's right, folks. If you want to help out, again, check out Trail Keepers of Oregon. There are other local trail organizations as well. Um, don't hesitate to get out there, get your hands muddy and help out our trails. Yes, sir. Well, until next time, folks, you can watch our videos on the Oregonians YouTube channel. Follow us on Instagram at Peak Northwest and view all of our travel and outdoors coverage on OregonLive.com slash travel. Please leave us a rating or a review if you enjoy the show. And if you want to support this podcast and our local journalism, please consider a subscription to Oregon Live. You can find details, of course, at OregonLive.com slash pod support. This episode of the show is produced by me, Jim Ryan, alongside Jamie Hale and Elliot Noose. Stay safe and happy travels, everyone. Until next time, we leave you with this 10 seconds of Zen. <laughs>